1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Scotland's Nations League campaign kicks off tonight against Armenia. Steve Clark says it's up to the players to inspire the Hamden crowd and Dundee named Gary Boyer as their new manager. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Roger Hanna. Yeah, I know it's uh, the middle of the summer, Andrew. It's very difficult for some to get worked up about Armenia after the disappointment last week of Ukraine. But with my boring hat on, these are important games for Scotland. Armenia at home tonight, Republic of Ireland in Dublin on Saturday and then Armenia in Yerevan next midweek seven or nine points from these games and already Scotland could have a really firm grip on this Nations League group well as Roger says it is a huge game and we want to hear from you 01419511025 on the phones or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB and it's a pretty simple one for you at home tell us your Scotland team tonight who do you want to see play how do you want Steve Clark to line them up let us know 01419511025 I think that'll be the big talking point now Roger because people have been calling for change after Ukraine it's just what the changes are going into this match and there will be change because I think it's you can't expect any players to play all four of these games for Scotland it's been as we're saying off here a never ending season uh, how many games Andy Robertson's played Callum McGregor's played Scott McTominay's played for their clubs we're deep into June won't be too long till a lot of these guys are back with their clubs pre-season training so you won't expect Anyone to play all four of these matches, there will be changes. And I think tonight is a sensible night to make changes. I think you'll want a strong team in Dublin on Saturday afternoon. And I think you'll want a strong team in Yerevan on Tuesday night. I would expect changes this evening. We've had callers on asking for change. Certainly Steve Clark has said that there will be changes here and there. But it, it's the big sweeping changes that people are talking about, whether it's you know the the style, the formation, that that type of thing. Steve Clark, when he's been talking, it, he's not really talking about that. He's talking about the, the personnel going into a busy period yeah. rather than changing a style that he's worked on for the last three years. I don't think he'll deviate from the three at the back. Um, he took a bit of criticism for sticking with it in the absence of Kieran Tierney last week, but. Uh, after the game he's adamant that it served Scotland well there's been a couple of long unbeaten runs under Steve Clark one of nine games one of eight games and he's played that back three so I would expect to see the same back three I'd quite like to see John Souter in it possibly Scott McKenna who finished the season so strongly with Nottingham Forest we might see the two of them making a start tonight uh, but uh, might see Nathan Patterson in it right wing back as well for a, for a rare appearance so far in 2022 further forward though you look at the squad, no Lyndon Dykes, where does he rotate? Does he leave out Che Adams? Could there be a start for a Jacob Brown or a Ross Stewart in international debut? That would be a big call. Well, let's hear from you at home, 01419511025. But before that, we'll go straight to Hamden. Gabriel Antoniazzi is there ahead of the big one. Yes, here we are one week on from Scotland's crushing defeat to Ukraine that ended their dreams of Qatar 2022. And manager Steve Clark says the team must bounce back from that World Cup heartache. They'll aim to do so tonight, though as you've just discussed in the studio, don't expect too much deviation in terms of tactics and formations. As yesterday, Clark defended the style which saw his side reach last year's Euros and go on an eight-game unbeaten run which entered them into those playoffs. However, in terms of personnel, I've been told to expect several changes 
maybe as many as five or six. Uh, Lyndon Dykes will, of course, miss the remaining games due to injury. It opens up an opportunity for someone up top, perhaps Ryan Christie, who did impress when he came on last week, or even uh, a Jacob Brown, a Ross Stewart. Uh, we expect changes in the defence as well. Nathan Patterson and Scott McKenna both in line to start after missing out last week. Well, we might see some tweaks in midfield, which had been so strong. A Gilmore, McGregor, McGinn, perhaps McTominay will get pushed forward, or Stuart Armstrong, but I'll bring you the team news as it does come out. What about Armenia? Well, they're currently top of this Nations League group after a surprise 1-0 victory over Ireland at the weekend. It's all the more impressive given their lowly FIFA ranking of 92nd place, which is 53 places below Scotland, and also the fact that their previous result was a 9-0 hammering at the hands of Norway back in March. They've only won two of their 12 last international games, and although they did win their Nations League group last time out, Scotland are still strong favourites this evening. The two countries have never met before, but we'll know everything about each other by this time next week as they meet again in Yerevan on Tuesday. The Hamden Park is empty around me right now with still over an hour and a half till kickoff. Around 40,000 tickets have been sold for this game, but whether that many turn up after last week's result and the complete absence of trains after the game remains to be seen. Yeah, well, thank you to Gabriel. He's saying that there will be a few changes. That's what we're expecting. I suppose it's the obvious place maybe to start up front because Lyndon Dykes is the only player that's dropped out the squad completely. We know he's not going to be playing tonight and it means that something will definitely have to change up there. Yeah, I would be surprised if Ryan Christie didn't start. He was a bright spark off the bench in the second half against Ukraine last midweek, Andrew. So I think he's earned a recall to the starting lineup. It's who he plays up there. I think it'll be the 3-4-3 three, three almost. Does John McGinn stay in alongside Christie? Or as Gabriel says, is it a night for Stuart Armstrong with Christie? I, I think Che Adams will start. Um, Jacob Brown and Ross Stewart neither have started a game for Scotland yet. I think Jacob Brown's only come off the bench for his two or three caps. Ross Stewart hasn't pulled on the, the dark blue jersey yet. I think Che Adams will start. But I do think we'll see either Brown or Stewart or both by this time next week. 01419511025 on the phone. Stevie is in Craig End. Stevie, what are you hoping to see tonight? Uh, hopefully, that mean we can see a victory, mate. I think we've got a chance of a three out of three. So, we could start solid nine points. Obviously, the, the boys, Stuart, have been watching for Sundown 26 goals last season. Up top, is a go with Adams, him, and Brown. Obviously, Roger had mentioned them there, but. I just think, obviously, I mean, I've watched Armenia game, guys, and to me, I just think if Scotland can get in behind them, that means so, we either begin, the other put passes through for the guys, I think we can cause them serious, serious problems. Because I've got the game myself tonight with my wee grandson, AJ, so I, I said that, I mean, it says, normally against the unknown teams like this, maybe, maybe give them something, I mean, Steve Clark never throws opposition a curveball, lads. I mean, he always goes with the tried and tested, but every now and again you've just, you've just got to take a chance. So yeah, I don't know how you feel. Yeah, well, that certainly is a attacking lineup that Stevie's talking about there, Stuart and Adams and Brown as well. And There's been a lot of calls for. Ross Stewart just because of the, yeah. the goals he's been scoring in League One and he scored big goals as well you know he scored the clincher against Wickham in the playoff final at Wembley they took Sunderland up he scored the crucial winner in the home leg against Sheffield Wednesday in the semi-final as Stevie said 26 goals you know you could say it's just a third tier in England but it's a big club Sunderland watched by enormous crowds every week there is a pressure that comes with being the Sunderland centre forward 
and Ross Stewart has shouldered that pressure really well. They love him down there. The Loch Ness drug by the column. He's earned his place in the Scotland squad. I think we'll see him at some stage in the next week. Whether that's tonight or not, I'm not sure. But you know, Stevie talks about curveballs. There are players in that squad who would maybe represent a curveball. And we talk about McTominay pushing into midfield. Stevie mentioned McGinn and Gilmer. Could there be a David Turnbull? Could there be a Lewis Ferguson tonight starting, giving them an opportunity to, to go and, you know, put their stamp in a game of football? Stevie, is it a case of, in a game like this tonight against Armenia, where the mood amongst Scotland fans maybe isn't too positive because of what happened last week, that the team really needs to get going right from the start? I think the positivity is always there because we got to a playoff, not me you know, through this, not mean that it was tense against Serbia. I've never been so nervous in my life watching penalties. Uh, we've done it against against Ukraine. Obviously, McGinn scores, it's a different game, an absolute different game. I don't care about anybody. And I made my point last time, I mean, about it, but I just, I'm glad Roger agrees because I'm 52, lads, not me, know, and anybody who's scored goals. Either down south or in Scotland, who's always thrown in. Your Machiavellis, not me, know, your Graham Sharps, not that. So it's not these guys came for oblivion, but they were scoring goals for a club. In Scotland would always throw them in, and they always done well. So why is Steve Clark going Dykes and Adams and then it, I mean, it used to be like Stephen Fletcher and all that. You go, not against the guy, but look here. Jordan Rhodes could sort of play it, and the guy was scoring goals for fun. He could find the goal blindfolded. But he couldn't get a game for Scotland. We needed a goal the other night, and he threw Grant Hanley up top. What does that tell you? But I mean, Grant Hanley, but I mean, you've got a guy on the bench. I coach football. If I, get, if I need a goal, I've got a strike on the bench. I'm putting them on. Yeah, the, the, the goal scoring thing is a strange one. It fascinates me, Steve. You touched in the game at Belgrade, which Scotland won the last playoff on penalties. Scotland finished that game with Lee Griffiths, Ollie McBurney, and Callum Patterson up front. Now, none of those guys are anywhere near the squad anymore. He has gone with Adams and Dykes. They've both scored goals for Scotland. But it's what happens now. It's what happens when Dykes isn't there, out of the squad injured. It's what happens when Adams isn't scoring goals. And I think he's got one goal for Southampton since February. Where is the backup? And we could really do with Ross Stewart or Jacob Brown or someone coming into the squad, being given an opportunity and really putting a stamp on it. I don't know who that someone is. You know, you look at the, the goal scorers in the Premiership last season, Regan Charles Cook at Ross County, you know, a Grenada international who's now gone and signed for a club in Belgium. You know, Giacomakis, Kyogo, unfortunately neither of them qualified for Scotland. You know, what Steve Clark really could do now with someone emerging, and it might, listen, it might be Jordan Rhodes next season for Huddersfield. You don't know, maybe he will get a second wind, if you like, at his club. But we could really do with somebody emerging to help out. Traditionally, this has been a problem for Scotland, though. I, I was as sad as I am. I was watching the the England game last night. I saw Harry Kane scoring his 50th international goal. Yeah. You then look at the top goal scorers for the Scotland national yeah, side, yeah. and in the modern era, the only two that get into the top 10 list at the moment are... Kenny Miller and James McFadden, yeah. guys who played loads and loads of games for Scotland and their goals are sort of in the in the teens, 14, 15. It's been a long, long time since we've had a, a striker that has just been reliable in front of goal. Yeah, absolutely. And they are worth their weight in gold, Andrew. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, we could do with 
Chi Adams maybe you know it doesn't matter how he scores just somehow getting a goal and that might certainly run I like Chi Adams I think he's a good player he, his English Premier League quality is showing that with Southampton when he's playing well but it is a worry because he was out the Southampton starting 11 at the end of the season and you don't want your first choice striker to be in a position where you know he's only getting 10 minutes here or 15 minutes there for these clubs that's not conducive to help in the national team So listen Maybe Ross Stewart's going to be the answer He's going to be playing At a higher level next season again He has answered all the questions That have been posed of him In his career so far And maybe he's just going to be One of these boys Who takes the step up To international football And it's not a problem to him Steve Clark has always been set on This formation But the, the shape that changes Quite often Is the front three Whether it's one John McGinn Say behind Dykes and Adams Or whether it's one Of Dykes and Adams With, with two players And yeah. behind them again A Christie And Armstrong Is that a case of Steve Clark still trying to work out Exactly what the best Formula is Up there uh, Yeah it, it definitely is And uh, it's a strange one Because I, I tend to prefer the one up top with two guys off, you know, whether the two guys are Christie and McGinn or whoever the two guys might be. And I think I probably prefer that because I haven't been convinced that Scotland have had two strikers that work effectively as a pairing. We've seen it in glimpses from Dykes and Adams, but nothing that would really convince you that they are nailed down as a front pairing. So for me, if everyone's fit and available, it would be Adams probably with, with Christie and McGinn behind. But Listen, you know, Adams hasn't been scoring McGinn hasn't been scoring for Aston Villa He probably gets more goals for Scotland than he does for his club uh, Christie finished the season strongly Bournemouth get promoted I thought he did well off the bench I would expect him to start tonight But someone's going to have to score the goals Stevie, how confident are you that Scotland can get nine points from these three games? A hundred percent, guys Not me, no, because you sit and say Obviously not me, that is gutted But you've got to dust yourself down and then just move on to the next tournament, which any footballer does. But this UEFA Nations League thing, we seem to do well. Obviously, we've not got Israel, that we're not playing them three times in a week, I mean, which is a plus point. But you say to yourself, they're doing well, they're moving up a level, and they're playing against. Obviously, I think the proof in the pudding will be the games against Ukraine. If we can get nine points out of these three games, and then show what we can do, what a better account of yourselves against Ukraine. I mean, though, then the Scotland fans, obviously, it's 40,000 tickets away. I mean, this is a Father's Day treat for me. I mean, but I'd have been going anyway. I mean, so it's not because there's something there that the boys, you just see them, they just fight and fight and fight for the ball, and they never ever get up. So the fans get behind that, and you say to yourself, nine out of nine is me an important, I don't know what Roger thinks, but I don't think it's impossible. It's definitely not impossible you, you need to take it a game at a time We need to start tonight We need to, to coach Steve Clark Get back on the horse um, Ukraine last week was a miserable 90 minutes uh, So much disappointment And we don't want a hangover from that disappointment So this tonight is arguably the most important game of them all If you can get Ukraine in the defeat out your system Get a win then you go to Dublin, I know the Republic play Ukraine tonight, that'll be an interesting fixture as well in the group, but you go to Dublin on Saturday, and as you say, the Republic under Stephen Kenny, they haven't been pulling up trees at all, there is no reason, Scotland can't go there and win, they've won it the Aviva before, and then go to Yerevan next week, and the Republic struggled in the heat, it was really, really hot Saturday afternoon over there, that caused them major problems, they lost the game, 
if Scotland can cope with that next week and if they're buoyed by going there as you say Stevie with six points in the bag then you say nine I would take seven I think seven points from these first three games would represent a really positive start for Scotland Well thank you to Stevie 01419511025 on the phones we'll give you the Scotland team after these You are the voice of Scottish football Call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna here with me Andrew McLean in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard 01419511025 if you want to get in touch of course we're building up to Scotland against Armenia at Hamden and let's go straight there because Gabriel has the team for us Yes, I do, Andrew. And Steve Clark has made a massive six changes from last week's 3-1 defeat to Ukraine. Only Craig Gordon, John McGinn, Callum McGregor, Andy Robertson and Shea Adams keep their place in the starting lineup. There's a few interesting inclusions and a change to a 3-4-3 formation. I'll give you the full 11 right now. It's Craig Gordon in goal. An entirely new back three of John Souter, Jack Henry and Scott McKenna. Anthony Ralston makes just his second appearance at right wing back whilst captain Andy Robertson stays on the left-hand side with Callum McGregor and John McGinn in the middle of the park. It's Stuart Armstrong and Ryan Christie in the free roles behind Shea Adams. The substitutes are Clark, Kelly, Patterson, Hanley, McTominay, Stewart, Gilmore, Turnbull, Brown, Campbell, Cooper and Hickey. Yeah, well, what do you make of that at home? 01419511025 to let us know what you think. Roger, it's the big one that stands out for you there. Anthony Ralston? Yeah, I think it would be. You know, he picked uh, four right-backs in the squad and I thought Tony Ralston was probably the fourth choice. Um, Aaron Hickey started against Ukraine. I thought the occasion overwhelmed him. There's no doubt he's a talented young man. He's done really well for Bologna and Serie A this season. But he didn't have his best game last week. I actually thought Nathan Patterson started. He spoke to the media at the start of the week. He said he was fit. He was ready to go. I thought he might have started. But it's Tony Nelson's chance tonight. He only had a few moments at the end of the Denmark game um, in his Scotland career. So this is a real opportunity. And we spoke about Ross Stewart. Ross Stewart has successfully tackled every challenge that's been put before him. Look at the challenges Tony Nelson tackled last season. This time last year, he didn't have a contract at Celtic. He got himself a deal. He then got himself a better deal. He's won his first league title medal. He's won his first league cup medal. And he has become a little popular figure among Celtic supporters. Tonight, he'll believe he can make that leap to become a popular figure with the Tartan Army. A lot of Celtic fans have been on the phone asking for Anthony Ralston to start for Scotland more yeah. often. We saw him last season, a good few goals and a good few assists from right back for Celtic. In a game like this tonight, you're going to expect that his attacking side of the game is exactly what yeah, he's going to have to... Listen, I think he's going to offer you more of a goal threat than, say, Stephen O'Donnell or perhaps you know Aaron Hickey as well. And you look at the team, the team looks as if it does have a little bit of a, more of a goal threat. Callum McGregor will sit and anchor that midfield, but you know McGinn is more likely to get you a goal than Gilmer. Armstrong and Christie in those advanced free roles that Gabriel spoke about, trying to get towards Shea Adams. I know Armstrong and Adams enjoy playing together at Southampton. Hopefully they can take that relationship into Scotland colours tonight. There looks to be goals in the team they need to prove those goals in the team 0141951 on the phones that's the number John in Coatbridge has dialed John you've heard the team what do you make of it? I'm quite, it's quite positive uh, Roger Andrew how you doing? Uh, I was actually phoned to ask Roger if he thought Ross Stewart would start but is it, I've seen the team there and uh, I'm actually it's quite a positive team so it is and as you spoke with Roger we are, we are Anthony Ralston could chip in with a goal or two as you've done last year a few 
vital goals, especially the one at Ross County. I am quite I'm quite happy with the team, but I just think this guy Ross Stewart uh, should have got a chance tonight along with Tumble, which I thought would have started Roger. So I did, and I'm glad. Even though I'm man, I'm glad. I'm glad John Shooter's playing. I actually thought he'd have played last week. I think he's a better defender in uh, Cooper. Well. For Scotland, as I was trying on last week, I thought uh, Shooter should have started against Ukraine. You know what I mean? I, I would imagine, John, that they'll all get a shot between now and the away game against Armenia. You know, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we saw Stewart and Turnbull off the bench tonight. What's the point, you know, naming a big squad of 27 or 28, whatever it was, and not giving some of these fringe guys a chance? These Nations League games, they're important. We know they're important. It helped us get to the Euros, etc., etc. But they're not as important as the proper European Championship qualifiers. So if you're going to have a look at Ross Stewart or David Turnbull, I think these three games in the next week are a perfect opportunity to have a look at them. John talked about John Souter, but it's a big opportunity for all the back three. Souter, yeah. Hendry, McKenna, they're all of a similar age, don't have a whole load of caps between them, but they're all players that people have a lot of promise about yeah. as centre-backs that could go on to get a lot more Scotland caps. John touched on Liam Cooper there. I think the problem that Liam Cooper and Scott McKenna have is being left-sided on that back three is that when Kieran Tierney's fit, Kieran Tierney will come back into the team. Um, I think this is an opportunity for Suter. Now, McTominay's played in the back three and he's done well from time to time, but he's not a defender. You saw that with the second Ukrainian goal last week. doesn't think like a defender, doesn't play like a defender. Uh, so he either plays in midfield or he doesn't play for me I think Suter on the right of that three or even in the middle of that three going forward probably needs to be nailed on the manager seems to like Grant Hanley but he's not there tonight so I think it's an opportunity for Jack Hendry we don't see a lot of him he's won a title again in Belgium with Bruges this is a real opportunity for Suter a real opportunity for Hendry and it's a good chance for McKenna just to remind people he's still about. I think it's his 24th cap. He has played a lot of games for Scotland. The problem he has is, Kieran Taylor will be fit at the start of next season. Does that back three actually have quite a nice balance to it when you look at it? Because yeah. Suter traditionally plays at the sort of right side of yeah. a, a back three. He can step out really well. Jack Hendry, when he's played his best football at club level, he's played in the centre of a back three. And Scott McKenna, we've seen him flourish for Nottingham Forest at the left side of a back three. That All three are very natural in that. You look at Suter stepping out as well. You talk about Scott McTominay, maybe not having the natural defensive instincts. Suter has those, but is also capable of, of stepping out into yeah. midfield. And the fascinating thing for, for Suter, for me going forward, isn't what he does tonight, it's where he plays next season for Rangers because I think a lot of people quite fairly had thought of John Souter as being the natural replacement for Conor Goldson when everyone believed Conor Goldson was going to England in the summer Goldson I don't think will move from where Goldson's played for the last four years he works well he dovetails well with Tavernier there on the right side of that Rangers defence I think going forward John Souter might become a left-sided centre-back and a flat-back four for Rangers. So it'll be interesting to see whether he does start on the right, whether he starts in the middle today. It'll be interesting to see how he works alongside Goldson next season. John, you talked about wanting Ross Stewart to start, but do you feel there's plenty of attacking threat in that Scotland side tonight? Oh, most, most certainly, yes. But as I said, this guy, as, as Roger said earlier on, Sunderland are a massive club and he scored big goals and obviously you're playing near enough every week between... 35 every second week, 35 and 40,000 crowds, you know what I mean? So this guy wouldn't have been phased with it. So it was, I think, I think it's time, as Bobby Roger said there, they'll all get a, a shot anyway within the next couple of weeks. Can I make an RB point? Just give a shout out, Andrew, there, before I go. Yeah, on you go. Yeah, on you go. Uh, it's just, uh, 
I'm always on about my, my mate Spike McCune's boy, Mark McCune, uh, the boxer. He went down a week past in uh, Saturday down to Wales and won the Celtic title down against Wales. That's him and our wife at Bridge and our champion. That's, so just look out for this boy. I think I've spoken to you before about him, Roger. So well done, yes. Mark McCune went down there and uh, he, won the, he won the Celtic title, Roger. Well done. Guy going back yard. Congratulations. Well done, keep, keep us posted in his progress. We always like successful Scottish sportsmen in the show, John. Yeah, good to hear. Thank you to John 01419511025 on the phones. Let's go to Alec, who's in Motherwell. Alec, what do you make of the team tonight? Uh, it's two simple points, I think, Andrew and Roger. It's one, does Roger think he's maybe made too many changes to the team? And secondly, why is Billy Gilmore on the bench? Rants and raves about Billy Gilmore, and everybody's seen that Billy Gilmore's capable, eh? and he's stuck a boy on the bench tonight. I think it's as simple as I don't. I can't think all you know. Any player will play all four games. I was speaking to Andrew about this at the top of the show. I think he'll he'll rotate it. You know, the other night against Ukraine, it was Gilmore and McGregor. Tonight it's McGregor and McGinn. You might find in Saturday in Dublin, it's Gilmore and McTominay. It's something like that. I just think at the end of such a long season, it's unfair to expect any of them to play all four games. I think Gilmore will be back. If he's not back in Dublin, he'll be back in Yerevan. And maybe Steve Clark thinks the way they have to play in a way game where they will have less of the ball, they could do with someone like Gilmer in there to protect what they have of the ball in the two away games. Yeah, because the sort of four central players, probably McGregor and McGinn, the, the two deeper, Christie and Armstrong in front of them, all four of them are, are capable of stepping forward, creating opportunities, creating chances, getting into the right areas, Roger. Uh, absolutely. you know, And that's what... They're going to need. They're going to need to get into the right areas because so often last week in the Ukraine game, they were starved of the ball, and when they did have the ball, they couldn't get it into areas where they were going to hurt the Ukrainians at all. Um, they didn't put nearly enough pressure on Bushan, who I thought was the weak link in goal, and it just didn't work. Uh, I think Steve Clark's accepted it didn't work. There is a slight tweak, as Gabriel said, to the formation to a three-four-three, and they want to get the ball into the areas where they couldn't get it last week, get it in behind the Armenians, try and turn them, put more pressure on them than the Irish did at the weekend. And you have to remember, Andrew, the last time the Armenians played an away international, they lost 9-0 to Norway in Oslo. They will be anxious coming to Hamden tonight that something similar doesn't happen. They lost six in Germany during last season. They lost five at home to North Macedonia. When things go wrong early for Armenia, they tend to go spectacularly wrong. So I think Scotland should be in the front foot from the first whistle and get those attacking players as you say get them up into areas where they can hurt the Armenians Alec are you confident that 11 can win tonight and win well? Oh certainty well I know there's no certainties but I've been really hopeful but it, it, it's getting back to the point that you, you hear commentators and analysts and managers all season say that you play your strongest team irrespective of who you're playing and I just don't think that's Scotland's strongest team but Alec, do you not feel that when Scotland have three games coming up in the space of you know less than a week, tonight against Armenia, away to Ireland on Saturday, then they're playing Armenia again away, there's travel involved in that, that they're going to have to rotate the squad just to keep them fresh for those matches? I would play my strongest team for the first game. Make sure you, you get that game in the bag. But then and is then... this potentially not the, the easiest game of the three because the other two away to Ireland, away to Armenia, is there maybe a thought process that tonight at home against Armenia is a game that, you know, even if there's a few changes, Scotland should be going out there and winning? Well, I, I don't think there's such a thing as an easy game in international football, eh, Andrew, you know what I mean? But 
it's it's just my opinion. I mean, I just thought he would have been the strongest team, first game, go off the flyer. He can bang in a few goals, then ease up if it's such a word. Ease up in the next two games, you can change your team. It's just a matter of opinion. Yeah, Roger, you don't often get international breaks where you get as many games as this. We've got four. We nearly had five, but Steve Clark is going to have to manage his squad. Throughout this, isn't he? Yeah, I think that's why he named such a big squad to begin with. I think it was 20, 28 players at the start. He's mm-hmm. lost Dykes, he's lost Marshall since then. Um, I think Lewis Ferguson's maybe got a knock. He's not in the bench tonight. Stephen O'Donnell's not in the bench. Greg Taylor. But I would fully expect, even, you know, to see them involved in the match day squads for the next two games. He will rotate. I don't think you'll see any of them playing 90 minutes in all four games. It's just interesting to see how he rotates the side. As Gabriel said, six changes tonight. I would fully expect it to be five or six from this team going to Dublin at the weekend. Well, thank you to Alec 01419511025 if you've got something you want to get off your chest. Just looking at that team again, Craig Gordon starting in goal, which is no surprise at all because he is Scotland's number one goalkeeper. David Marshall retiring from international duty yesterday, saying that he wants to give the younger players a chance to you know, get their opportunity in the Scotland team. You wonder when those opportunities are going to arise because... Scotland don't really have any meaningless friendlies these days because of the Nations League. The fact that Liam Kelly and Xander Clark are the two that have been in plenty of squads but not a single cap between them. Is that something Scotland maybe need to think about forward planning? Who is going to be the, the successor? Yeah, I, I, listen, I know what you mean. I was actually thinking about it last night. I watched England-Germany last night and it, you know Jordan Pickford who's played however many games for England and there's Aaron Ramsdale and Nick Pope don't seem to get an opportunity. You look at the other end, Manuel Neuer, how many caps must he have for Germany? And you know, Germany have so many good goalkeepers. Look at Kevin Trapp from Frankfurt in the Europa League final against Rangers. And they don't seem to rotate the goalkeepers very often at all. And Steve Clark's a bit like that. When David Marshall was his number one, David Marshall played every game. And when he dropped out, Craig came back into the side. Craig plays every single game. And it is going to be interesting going forward. You you wonder what the future holds at Rangers for John McLaughlin. If he was to become number one at Rangers, does that push him back up the pecking order for Scotland? Where is Xander Clark going to play his club football next season? Out of contract to St. Johnson hasn't signed anywhere else uh, how long does Craig Gordon continue he, he defies you know the years footballer of the year Scottish football writers footballer of the year at 39 but how long can he continue so at the minute he's playing well he's undisputed first choice and that that, that makes it difficult for Kelly or Clark to get in I suppose the key thing for Kelly and Clark is that as long as they're being selected in the squads is that they show up, they give everything in training and yeah. just make sure they keep on catching yeah, Steve Clark's th- eye. That has to be in Xander Clark's thought process as well when he decides where he's going to play his football next season. If he stays at St. Johnson, he's number one. If we'll play every week and that will keep him in Steve Clark's eye line, if you like, or Chris Woods to go keep him coach's eye line. Uh, if he was to go somewhere strange, somewhere down south, he might get paid... A good bit more money. Is he guaranteed to play every week? And how does that affect his Scotland chances? Well, one four one nine five one one zero two five. Give us a call now, and you could be up next. 
0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141-951-1025. If you want to get in touch, it's just over an hour until kickoff at Hamden. I'll recap that Scotland team for you. It's Craig Gordon starting in goal. The back three, John Souter, Jack Hendry and Scott McKenna. Anthony Ralston, the right wing back. Andy Robertson, the left wing back. Callum McGregor and John McGinn, the two central midfielders with Ryan Christie and Stuart Armstrong in behind Shea Adams. Let's hear a bit from Steve Clark as well, shall we, ahead of this one? I think when you analyse, obviously they got promotion from League C to get to League B. So they obviously had a really good tournament. They finished above North Macedonia in that group. And North Macedonia are the team that knocked Italy out of the World Cup. So to do that, they're pretty decent. It's probably down to the players on the pitch to make sure that they, they can give the, the crowd a lift, play on the front foot, be positive, create attacking moments, create lots of chances. And it'll be down to the players to lift the crowd. Yeah, Roger, we've got no idea how many fans are going to be in the stadium tonight for a number of reasons, because... There's obviously the result last week, there's the weather, there's the situation with the trains as well, that the the last train out of Mount Florida is 8.45pm, so if you're taking the train you're going to have to leave at half time. But Steve Clark is saying there that the players are going to have to be the ones to inspire the crowd and games happen sort of differently. We saw it last Wednesday, it was an unbelievable atmosphere at Hamden and the crowd were really trying to G up the players but it may have to be the, the other way around tonight at the start of the game Yeah, first thing to say is the train situation Andrew is an embarrassment in Scotland in 2022 the government and their local authorities and the people involved in this should hang their heads in shame imagine people coming from foreign lands and looking at the situation with the trains in our country at the minute people should be embarrassed by this and for Scotland and people to be telling the Tartan army leave the game at half time if you want to get home Embarrassing So I hope it doesn't have a negative impact On the crowd tonight I'm sure it will have a negative impact on the crowd tonight And I'm sure it will have more of a negative impact Than anything the supporters saw last week The, the Tartan Army You know they, they've got their heads screwed on they, they, they know that yes they're disappointed But they understand Ukraine are a decent team They understand there were no guarantees last week That Scotland would get past Ukraine and Wales And get to the World Cup They will be back supporting the team tonight In big numbers Gabriel said up to 40,000 tickets sold. I don't think there'll be 40,000 people there for the reasons that we spoke about. But as Steve Clark says, let's do something. Let's get the players to raise that crowd and let's start the Nations League campaign and try and push for the Euros because you saw the excitement that qualifying for the last Euros brought right through the country. It would be great if we could replicate that for Euro 2024. It's incredible what an early goal can do as well. And it wouldn't just be an early goal in the game, it would be an early goal for the campaign because yeah. Scotland really need to kick this one off. Because you talk about the importance of the Nations League and it doesn't feel all that important when you go into it because you're not thinking long term really. But Scotland can either get straight into a playoff for yeah. Euro 2024, even if they finish second, say Ukraine finish ahead of Scotland, Scotland could still get into a playoff yeah. if Ukraine qualify automatically from the traditional way as well it's, it works with the seedings as well for the qualifying groups that come out in October so there's so many reasons yeah. that Scotland need to go out and win these games yeah and I, there is no reason either you know you, Ukraine we spoke about a moment ago a good team with good players they're a level above Armenia Scotland should be going out and looking 
to win this game tonight and get a perfect start. And there's no reason why they can't take four points in the road. Steve, you know, Stevie and John earlier on were talking about six points on the road. Whether that's over optimistic, I don't know. But you would take, I would take seven points from nine as a decent start. And then you look to the games in the autumn. The Republic of Ireland still to come to Hamden. Ukraine still to come to Hamden again. Yes, they're good, but are they going to be as fired up? As they were last week I, d- I don't know You know, don't know what the situation is going to be then There's a good chance for Scotland But we need to start winning games We need to win tonight Steve Clark was in that clip Talking about Armenia And the fact that they started in Nations League D They got promoted They got promoted again to Nations yeah. League B They've obviously had a good time of it Although playing against you know similar level opposition to themselves <laughs> In that But despite all that You've talked about some of the results They've had away from home to some other countries yeah. Scotland shouldn't really be thinking about what they've done against the likes of Gibraltar and, and teams like that Absolutely not and I, I think they, you know, the, the win against the Republic of Ireland in the Yerevan at the weekend was the exception they've had a very very tough uh, season if you like the goalkeeper Yurchenko who was actually on the bench for Alashkert when they played Rangers in the Europa League qualifiers early in the season he, he's played three games they've lost nine in Norway they've lost six to Germany they've lost five in North Macedonia three of their internationals last season as we said earlier when it goes wrong for them it can go wrong for them spectacularly um, they've got some decent players the young lad Spertsian who scored the goal against the Republic of Ireland at the weekend's a promising talent he'll see more football because Henrik Mkhitaryan who played at Arsenal mm-hmm. and Manchester United has retired recently from international yeah, football he was, the, he was the name I was looking out for as yeah, well on the squad yeah, list he, before he, I'd realised he'd he retired yeah, he, he actually just a couple of weeks ago it was after winning the, the Conference League with Roma that he, he stepped away from international football I think he's 32 or 33 he wants to focus on, on, on his club game but I'm, I'm hoping and I know the show's curtailed I'm desperately hoping we'll have time to get back to Hamden so Gabriel can read out that Armenian team for the listeners. Are we going to be harsh to him? I'll see, I'll decide. I'll decide in a few minutes anyway. 01419511025 on the phones. And when you look at these types of games as well, they're the types of matches that a lot of young supporters go along to. Yeah. And if Scotland can go out and win and win in style that, that's the performances that these young fans remember yeah, yeah. and it sort of latches them on to the national side yeah and the greatest legacy we've, we've spoken about the way Scotland qualified for Euro 2020 through the playoff in Belgrade which was all down to the Nations League initially and the greatest legacy was what it meant to the younger fans the younger fans had never seen Scotland at a major tournament before and it gave them the real belief that this was something they could see again Yeah, and that's perhaps what, what led to such a depth of disappointment last week when, when Scotland were knocked out of the World Cup by, by Ukraine. But Steve Clark feels they can qualify, whether it's through the backdoor route again. I don't particularly care, Andrew. As long as we get to Euro 2024 and you look at what can be achieved. Look at Wales. When they went to Euro 16, if you like, it was the first time they'd been at a major tournament for 50 years. But since then, they've got to three of the last four. And if you can build experience in the squad... You know, you can go a whole long way. You know, there's still a lot of young players, a lot of inexperienced players internationally in that Scotland squad, but they're growing together all the time. Yes, it was a setback last week, but they need to reset and believe that tonight can be the start of a qualification progress that takes them to Germany. I heard people talking about the hardships of Wales as well, the fact they hadn't been to a World Cup in 64 years or whatever it was. They were at the semi-finals of the Euros, though. I'm yeah. not feeling too sorry for them. No, absolutely not. But, you know, you speak about cycles and in international football. I think Stephen Naismith, the Scotland coach, mentioned that this Wales squad is perhaps reaching the end of the cycle. You know, Bale, Aaron Ramsey, Wayne Hennessy, who was outstanding against Ukraine at the weekend. There's maybe not going to be another World Cup in any of these guys. The positive thing for Scotland is, with 
perhaps with the notable exception of Craig Gordon in goal, the rest of these guys have another two or three or four tournaments in them. So there is hope for Scotland going forward. Well, there's where some domestic goings on today as well. The big one, Dundee have announced former Blackburn, Blackpool and Bradford boss Gary Boyer as their new manager. He was most recently in charge of Salford City before being sacked at the end of last season. Let's hear a bit from him. Well, that's the aim, obviously. Um, you know, where, wherever you go, you want to be successful and try and do the best that you possibly can. And that's what we're, you know, obviously from now, we're looking at the squad and, and obviously we've got to try and change the mentality a little bit because it's been one of, uh, you know, losing games and we've got to change that very, very quickly because like you rightly said, I'm fully aware of how hard the championship is. But, uh, you know, I looked at the squad and that was one of the things that appealed as well. I know some of the players through my time in England and them being in England, but um, we also try and, when we're down the road, try and pinch players from Scotland. And so I'm aware of the players in the squad. Um, I think we've got some good players and obviously we need to add one or two. But, um, you know, it's exciting, like I say. And, we, you know, we've just got to have a right good go at it. That's the main thing. Yeah, not someone that has any experience of Scottish football so far, Gary Boyer, but there is just one clear aim going into a team that have just been relegated from the top flight and that is to get straight back up there. Yeah, um, they've tried many other routes. They went for the young manager in James McPake. They went for the experienced manager in Mark McGee. Um, They ended up sacking them both. So this is a sort of middle ground. Um, It is... A fresh set of eyes, if you like, on Scottish football. Gary Boyer's had a lot of jobs down south. Some have been successful, others less so. Sacked from his last job at Salford, as you say, at the end of last season. But he's keen to get restarted again. And maybe this is what Dundee need. There will be pressure on Dundee because next season they will be the big fish in the small pond of the championship. They will have, I would imagine, the biggest budget in the league. They will be burdened with a weight of expectation that they can do what Kilmarnock have done and go straight back up as champions. And the biggest problem Gary Boyer will have is dealing with that expectation because anything short of winning the title is going to be looked upon as failure at Dundee. It is always just such a tough division to get out of as well, no matter what clubs are in there, whether there's one standout or whether there's loads of clubs in the mix. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a surprise packet every year. We look at our broth last season, what our broth brought to the party. Is it believable that they can do it again? Inverness fell just short that last Monday night at Perth in the playoff final. They've lost the experience of Kurt Broadfoot. I think they've lost another couple of players as well. Can they go again and get over the finishing line this time? Partick Thistle under Ian McCall have strengthened. He will believe that they can push for the title this season. And what about Queen's Park? Two back-to-back promotions. They've now got Owen Coyle and Sandy Stewart there. They surely couldn't go from League 2 to the Premiership in three straight seasons. I don't think I'm being unfair in saying that Gary Boyer wasn't Dundee's first choice. John Maloney looked as if he was on the verge of it. Jack Ross, I believe, knocked it back as well. But all that goes out the window once the manager is in place. It doesn't, but Gary Boyer won't care whether he was first choice or 101st choice. What he will care about is... He's in the building at Dens. He's got plenty of time now to look at the squad. As you can imagine, with a side relegated out the top flight, they have shed a lot of players. Charlie Adam among them. Danny Mullen, who's a real threat up front, he's gone too. So it'll be interesting to see how many players he thinks he needs. I'm interested to see where he sources them from. As a man who's 
managed all his career down south well thank you for listening tonight thank you for all your calls and all your tweets I'll be back tomorrow night and of course we will give you all the reaction from the game tonight Scotland against Armenia I'll be in the studio with Kenny Miller so make sure to join us then it's going to be an interesting match the start of a new campaign I'm certainly looking forward to this one and hopefully hopefully there's a good crowd at Hamden for it as well but stick around tonight because Callum Gallagher is up next Thank you.